Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this, and it eventually does really come to this. It, uh, yeah, it's about time. It gets there. Yeah, here we are. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast, and uh, we got a movie tonight. Movies are back, and (laughs) we are (laughs) going to them, and there's a a big, big horror movie. This is one of those horror movies that uh, was going to come out March of 2020, right? This was one of the, I'm pretty positive, Malignant was one of those happening right at the pandemic movies. It's I, now I would, finally I would believe that. Yeah, I could believe that. I also could believe this movie was made in 2007. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, man. This movie, Malignant, of James Wan, he of The Conjuring and Insidious and Saw and some of the biggest genre movies. The, the guy makes uh, big movies. Yeah. Aquaman. A lot of people go see him. One of the Furiouses. Yes. Lucky, lucky number seven. Uh so this guy is a big box office director, and this is a big budget, forty million dollar horror movie, uh, an R rated big budget horror movie, right? And an original property, an original yes. idea, and it is a really great piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so. This movie is going to be impossible to talk about without any spoilers. And this That's is kind true. of a movie that I think importantly hinges on spoilers. Oh, yeah. This is one that less you know going in, you it really is for the better. Yeah. You might as well so, just not even look anything up. I would recommend checking it out first and then listening here because we're just going to jump in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not going to hold back, so All right. go back. And I still don't totally know what to think about this movie. You know, uh, you know, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. Eric. Yeah, man. <laughs> Let me tell you. So I've seen it now twice in the last week in the theaters. Okay. And I loved it the first time. I was into it. It was the third movie I saw that night. Oh, baby. On a movie high, right? Uh-huh. And sure. uh, then I saw it a couple nights ago, and I'm like, boy, a lot of things I didn't like about this <laughs> go-around. And a lot of things I loved more. It's a... Uh, it's got a lot going on, man. It does. Uh, and, and it opens with a lot going on. You immediately are thrown into uh, Stranger Things-esque uh, prequel, I suppose. Yeah. That takes place in 1993. There's puppetry. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it, there's a, some sort of mental asylum type place. Yeah. Something's and gone bad in the so, hospital, Something's man. bad. Someone's, someone's throwing people around. Some kind of monster in the room that they're referring to as Gabriel. And uh, we get a catchphrase. Oh yeah, <laughs> we we get special effects puppets. Now we get bloody walls. You had mentioned this. Yeah, they give a lot away in this opening as far as th- what you might be the getting prologue, into. The right? prologue I hate. So here's the thing: I've seen the movie twice. I messed up sneaking into it the first time. <laughs> I didn't know it was playing in two theaters. Ah, uh, so I walked into this movie at the most big reveal twist part of the movie thinking it's the beginning of the movie i hate that and two minutes in i'm going there's no way this would start (laughs) like this so i missed this whole prologue i came in right after this when i finally found the correct theater 
So it wasn't until my second viewing that I saw this, and I didn't like it. Mm. I hated the prologue. I wish they yeah, just yeah, you started didn't like the prologue. after this. I yeah, didn't yeah. like it. I thought it showed too much of its hand. And this is a movie that's at its best when it's not showing too much of its hand. Mm-hmm. Letting the twist happen. And I think it gives too much away. They show too much. They establish all the dumb parts all in that thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. well, the electricity is going out, too. And he, he's and, speaking through the yeah, transistor radio. It's too obvious. Right. And it's like too much. It's I, Yeah, I, I think I, I'm trying to remember what other movie I was thinking of when I saw this. But it's like when you started at 10. Yeah. Like this. But even it's it's it's, it's, it's really, like a phony it, 10 because yeah. the, it just it's going so quick and they're just pointing out things of note. They're even saying, you know, he's speaking through the radio. Like, they're really establishing whatever this is happening is happening, yeah. right? I hate it. And then we get one of those opening credit sequences that's like... Oh, yeah. If you didn't get enough info about what's going on, the opening credits will fill you in. It's one of those things I really love. Like, I have a lot of nostalgia for the X-Files opening when it really just would, like... It would just show like a picture of an X-ray, and then the next screen, um, it would have words that just say like "case files." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, "Ooh, yeah, we're getting into some files." Huh? Oh yeah, newspaper clipping that's like UFO question <laughs> mark. <laughs> it's so the opening of *Malignant*'s all like, uh, yeah, a newspaper clipping with two random words in yellow highlighter, and then a case file with like a red circle around somebody's last name, and yeah. you're like, oh yeah, we're getting into some files, right? But even the yeah, they, there's a close up of like the file notes where it's like speaks through speakers <laughs> yeah. or something. It's like yeah, we just saw that yeah. in the prologue, yeah. And we know. <laughs> we got that part. Bulletproof skin? Yeah. Oh, uh, such a quiet place move. Just be like, so headlines. I missed all of that. I came in right in when we're getting a weirdly uh, a weirdly cruel argument about a miscarriage. Man. Yeah. The movie really jumps you in in a few different the, spots. The, the shifting of gears. That so I came into in that. And it, was just, and it made a lot more sense. Just like, all right, we're starting with this distraught couple. Not this grainy, bad VHS footage of a hospital massacre. And there's all this like VHS like static and effects to like the opening titles and everything, too. Yeah. And it's just like... Do kids know what VHS is? <laughs> by the way, yeah, yeah. Well, they There's start the movie. There's a lot of tapes getting played in this movie. It really had. I'm on a good roll of those movies where my favorite is The Turning. Mm. That that piece of shit that I saw alone, uh, and uh, it was just set in 1993 on the day that Kurt Cobain died. Oh yeah, <laughs> just for like no reason. That might have been when the prologue was set. And so on the this movie, movie just starts with a Kurt Loader announcement about the death of Kurt Cobain, and the rest of the movie's just inside of a house. <laughs> Too good. I love it. So I hate when a movie starts just like 1993, and then you know we get the jump forward, the present, present day. day. How do you feel about present day? Uh, I think it's uh, it's funny because I don't I I'm I was trying to do the timeline right. of this. I was trying to go like, all right, this girl is seven years old in '93 or something. Uh-huh. Gives uh, you a math equation when I think they do present day. But uh, yeah, this particular <laughs> yeah this particular movie though is such a thing where it's trying to harken back to like the '80s and '90s kind of yeah. schlock. But then to me. It just feels so 2005 or 7, Dude, like I said. it feels it just f- like a Dark Castle entertainment movie from the early 2000s. Like uh, It is New Line Cinema, so you got that going for it you. It feels like I'm going to see Ghost Ship 
Uh, or like yeah. 13 ghosts. It made me feel or very... Or Wishmaster. <laughs> like, there was parts of it that were straight up just like Van Helsing yeah, man. level, like, sh- silly action. Underworld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's Definitely. a lot of that early 2000s to this, which is not like my go-to I know, not... horror genre. Right. And uh, the era is not my favorite. And at the same time, they're trying to do like a Giallo vibe. Right. You get the black glove, giallo, tre- you know, trench coat killer. Sure. All the giallo stuff, black glove killer with a black duster. You get a woman having these visions of horrific murders. Oh, yeah, totally. You get like bird's eye shots. We get a cool early bird's eye shot throughout. All of this oh, is. That was cool. Yeah. All of this is 70% of every giallo I've ever seen. Right. Lightning through the windows. The yeah. whole house is very much like that. So they're doing this early 2003 Giallo, and then it's kind of a slasher until it is. It, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. And in a lot of ways, it kind of works. I kind of like the, the batshit approach to all this and the bad acting. This movie oh, is man. filled with some. That made me feel like the same, yeah, like same the 2005 vibes. vibes there too. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was just. It was like very stilted, like TNT before they really knew how to make. You're the going good to stuff. see like Alone in the Dark in the theater. Oh, or, yeah, yeah. You know <laughs> that era, House of Wax, mm-hmm. that kind of 2005. I know there's horror. a very, there's a few very specific ones that I'm trying to, re- but it, the overall vibe and it's such yeah. a mishmash. Like you said, Giallo. I was getting a lot of like the ring with the long, oh sure, wet hair. That the you're trailers seeing. really and, and the kind of sped up motion that everything. A lot gets. of sped up motion stuff in in the James Wan universe. Yeah. He really he can't wait. A lot of even a car driving down this John the like a country <laughs> road. It's like why there. is it going so fast? <laughs> he doesn't understand that it's just Take about the time, journey, James. right? The movie's still an hour and fifty-one <laughs> minutes, and every other scene is like. We got a lot of shots of the uh, the profilers showing up to crime scenes, and then some of their movements are in fast forward, and then uh, then they're just walking up the house steps, and then we're zipping around a corner. Yeah. It's very NYPD blue dim lighting but <laughs> yeah it's just got that kind of blue tint that you got in freddy versus jason yeah or, or that kind of pale tint that a everyone lot gets that, a lot of that drab tint. uh and it really the one i'm thinking of that just came to me is the early resident evil movies oh very resident or like evil. the silent hill movies sure silent like, hill yeah very dreary and just, bleak like that but i know like they the, said but then like the action's like we get that weird screaming pixies cover through yes <laughs> like five times by the yeah by the third time i was like is that the pixies are they doing a thing the only noise that all right side break <laughs> we've noticed this phenomenon since coming back remember before the pandemic when we go into theaters people were getting out of control Right. People oh, in the oh, theaters sure, sure. were uh, were getting unruly. The unrest was in the air. People were just having conversations in movies. Mm-hmm. One thing I've noticed since the movies have come back, horror movies are so damn quiet now. The quietest, uh, most reaction-free mu- movies I've seen are the horror movies. Uh, that definitely was the case when we saw Old. Old was big time. You felt there was twenty-five other people in there, and it was silent. Yeah. The whole movie. Right? Yeah. Before the movie starts, we're like, man, this house is kind of packed. This is packed. We're going to get a Shyamalan experience, right? So I'm pumped because, you know, James Wan, I know people love the Conjuring movies. They love Insidious and all those. So his movies draw a a kind of horror fan. And there was, uh, you know, 15 people or so in there. It's like, all right, cool. We're going to get some. The only, during the movie, the only way I knew people were there was by the fourth time they're playing this 
like howling Pixies cover, some guy's just like, what? <laughs> some guy in the back is going, what is this song? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this in Pixies intro yeah, this whole time? Everything was such a mishmash of that too. Like the soundtrack felt like Spawn soundtrack. Well, it would go from these, yeah, these chunky guitar, like, kind of riffs. And then suddenly she's just playing brian ferry on the radio <laughs> she's putting on some some yeah. early 90s brian ferry some stations just playing a non-radio again, brian ferry track people are listening to radios in this movie people yeah. are people that's, are watching vhs that's why when they, i think when they do the present day they're they're taking too much allowance like we're gonna have a bunch of people dressed like they're all from different decades yeah yeah we're gonna <laughs> That's probably, I mean, why not? You know, she's going to, she's, whatever radio station she's listening to, who's playing a 1993 Brian Ferry solo album. Like, she's not listening to a Roxy Music single That's how on they there. do it in Seattle, Yeah, man. Seattle's just, oh, man. Too cool. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, I, but I was getting into it. The first, I, yeah, I like first say, time through, I'm still it. into this movie, right? <laughs> I'm still getting into all this. I was laughing at some stuff that was supposed to be funny. The dialogue had some... I mean, if they're trying to ape a giallo, you can't get any better than just putting some bad dialogue in your movie. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's intentional or not, but it's a good excuse. Some uh, of the dialogue, yeah. once her sister shows up, her sister's got some real real corkers. Well, yeah, so the movie opens, uh, yeah, we have a domestic disturbance yeah. uh, where our, our bad boy husband punches his pregnant wife <laughs> yeah. after blaming her for delivering miscarriages. She's or got some bad luck with miscarriages, which Yeah, I wonder why. Out. Maybe because he's fucking punching her into walls. Yeah, so we start with this weird exploit, like this weird basket case opening, Yeah, and then it goes right into a guy accusing a, a woman of being a baby coffin. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. That's where, yeah. That was one other thing. There was a guy down the road for me who let out a like, ooh. Well, it's a tough, a little I mean, gut yeah, punch for on having that this one. like Stranger Things opening of like, wow, wow. Yeah, real like alien sound stuff. effect, flashing lights. And then it's just like, yeah, just a guy hitting his wife, and you're just real like, unpleasant stuff. Not great. And then yeah, she uh, hits her head. Then he gets killed by this dark entity. That yeah, it's starts one of those. Plaguing her we get a lot of movies now with dark entities. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there's a lot of shadow monsters kind of stuff now. Stuff like Lights Out, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. Some some of it's kind of effective, but we're getting a lot of it now. And the whole trailer is basically about this shadow monster. Really plays up this imaginary friend angle. Right. The whole time you're thinking this entity is some sort of yeah. Manifestation he's done the demon thing woman. with insidious and all this so it really right. feels like the trailer built it as a this is the devil she thought it was an imaginary through. friend yeah. but it was a demon the yeah. whole time and now he's killing and so you're starting to get this demon slasher movie and it's always a different movie with this movie <laughs> it is and yeah. i kind of was into it this movie had me like Every other minute going, this is a masterpiece. And then going, this is schlock. <laughs> this is a masterpiece. The, like you said, the sister shows up. And and uh, there's a scene where oh. she's in a party dress in the hospital. Oh, caring yeah. For she's her sister. As, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and getting this really schlocky kind of flirting with a detective who's investigating the husband's murder. Yeah. And he's then, a hunky detective, to be fair. He's, he's, he's not an interesting actor, because most of them aren't. <laughs> but... He's a hunk, so he's, she's got he's like serviceable. she's got like bangs. He's serviceable, but like, then yeah, they they she finds out that he hit her and yeah, she's finding out all these things about her sister and all these uh, you know he this cruel husband kept him 
Yeah, yeah, kept they them kept them apart. apart and all this. We're and... getting a lot of this background family so there's drama a, yeah, for there's... a guy that's been murdered. Exactly, right. <laughs> the guy that has already his neck dead. just wrecked. But that's what I mean. The guy's dead, and it looks like he got hit by a car in his own house. And the sister's just like, nobody deserves to die that way. But seriously, fuck him. Fuck this guy, <laughs> right? Come on. That's where I go. This is a masterpiece. Yeah, and this then, movie gets it. Yeah, <laughs> and I think for the most part, this movie does get it. There's some weird pacing issues. There's a couple of weird choices, but overall, I I buy into a, I I can get into a movie where really bad kills are happening mm. and there's one prime suspect, but even the most like hard bent cop recognizes it doesn't add up. Right, right. I like that. That's a lot of, a, that's yeah, a lot cool of like procedural uh, sketch artists. Well, that's stuff what made it feel more jalo because we get yeah. a lot more detectives just shooting the shit with bad dialogue. <laughs> the kind of dialogue that. You get the sense that they've been partners for a long time, but they have no idea how to talk to each other. Right. They don't know what their dynamic is. And that's, in a giallo movie, that makes sense because nobody's talking the same language. These <laughs> people don't have any idea what the other actors are saying. Man, in this that, movie, that it just sounds like these movie. people don't understand what words are. Some of this wom- woman cop's jokes are so out of place. There's one scene in one scene only where she's like sucking on a lollipop like Kojak. Yeah, she's straight right then, in hard like, camera. Okay, we're giving her, the, she's like yeah, the yeah. Kojak. Never see a lollipop again. Never. <laughs> There's a lot of things in this movie that you're like, oh, we're introducing this. Never see it again. <laughs> there is a lot of that. But there are two or three moments where she's does like these almost like brick wall night at the improv yuck yucks <laughs> kind of punchlines and almost has a reaction shot with nobody else selling these jokes and they're really cruel sometimes like about her miscarriages and stuff oh like what is this woman's deal <laughs> and every it's just everybody plays all their characters the woman madison our main girl our main lady yeah even she's just like very odd emotional reactions. It's very which, odd. The whole movie's odd. It's it, odd. it really is. It, and I was kind of into all honestly, of it. Honestly, the Giallo thing didn't really hit me, but you saying that, like, it really makes a lot of sense why things are so odd. Like, why she goes <laughs> back to her house after her husband's been murdered yeah. and leaves all the doors unlocked and the windows open so that there's the moment where the lightning can crash through and yeah, she has yeah. to rush through the house. How Giallo is like things. an open window with rain spilling in across right. the floor, right? right. With, with a the curtains red billowing neon, inward. Uh, neon light across the street. Yeah, a lot of the in. subdued neon, right? Yeah, yeah. So I liked all that, though. That yeah. had to be intentional. And I don't think he's making a Giallo here, but I think he's cribbing nicely from a couple of Giallo. Tra- I think he thinks he's of the making like basket case, like you said. Yeah. A strong basket a $40 case. $40 million dollar basket case. And you've said it before. It's like there are no cheap B movies anymore. Yeah. All the B movies like basket case are now $40 million James Wan <laughs> yeah, pictures. Man. It's exactly. <laughs> Frankenhooker. Like this, that this would is, be yeah, James Wan's next thing. Right. It's going to be a Frankenhooker Oh, situation. the big budget, you know? <laughs> Tim Burton got to redo Frank and Weenie with like a huge budget. There you go. James Wan could do a Frankenhooker. That's within the realm of possibility. They're going to be digging for new brands to to resuscitate. Right. They're going to be looking for content. <laughs> Frankenhooker with a new talking uh, box. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But this movie takes so many weird directions, mainly when Gabriel, this demon this whatever long haired starts demon murdering killer. right mm-hmm. kills the husband goes after this professor surgeon that we see in the beginning on that grainy vhs right goes starts, into her starts home. taking revenge against all the doctors that we saw in the beginning of the yeah, movie. yeah yeah and 
here's the thing that I hated <laughs> in this movie that I loved uh-huh. that I hated. All right. So he finds this trophy on her mantle that says Surgeon of the Year, right? I I don't understand. And then this trophy becomes his whole fucking deal. Why did he make a weapon, a sigh, out of the trophy? What he the f- is so into this trophy, and it just happened to be the first weapon he came across. It easily just could have been a knife. How unnecessary was the whole... He's like smelting it. Yeah, like there's a, a whole montage where he's like banging it with a big hand. Ever, like carving shit into it like he's making a a trusty thor axe unbelievable like, unreal we get this whole <laughs> montage of him getting obsessed about this trophy that he just found that's why i could never be like a crazy weird psychotic demon killer because the the effort that you have to go into not Dude, just to like of... not just to like have your persona right or and and yeah man, maintain know... that but then you got a whole workshop in an attic so here that kind of leads... time for that <laughs> this will jump us way to the end, so I won't say everything yet, but I don't understand, and I don't think the movie attempts to understand what the hell Gabriel's powers actually are. Oh, yeah, I yeah. do not understand the scope of what the things Gabriel can do, because there appears to be like some telekinetic stuff. And some he's, he's electricity control. He controls lights and electricity. And super strength and also the ability to heal wounds. And also Seems like, to be bulletproof entirely. Like, I don't get he it. He gets shot a dozen times yeah. with no effect. He can leap around like he's <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah. He uh, yeah, he talks through speakers, which really never pays off. No. There's no reason for I that. I have to no be a, idea why he, he does any no of this. There's no reason for any of this. No Gabriel reason. could just be a crazy, creepy, long haired killer who's going after people and like she's getting these visions. Right. He doesn't have to be walking on the ceiling and jumping around like Ang Lee's Hulk. It doesn't oh my make gosh. any sense. Well let's go let's after I drug it there, let's go back yeah. and he, Gabriel is starting to murder more and getting revenge kills for reasons we don't quite explain yet. And for also reasons we don't know, uh, Madison is seeing all these kills. That's very giallo. I like that Witnessing the kill. You know, she's seeing herself in the middle of all these kills. It's very like... um, It's a cool effect, like her room dissolves into the other room. Yeah, this kind of feels like the best of the bad Argento movies. Mm -hmm. Like past the Stendhal syndrome. Into the into the mid to late nineties when, right, right, when Argento right. decided to just be bad at making movies. Like I could see Juan and his his cohorts who got the writing credit like writing this in two thousand three and trying to sell it to Argento. <laughs> yeah, it like, feels kind of like bad Argento, like definitely. a worse Stendhal syndrome, and it has the same kind of weirdly bad digital effects as the Stendhal syndrome. That's a, the thing that felt like a ninety seven horror movie to me is the mm. digital effects in this. Some of it are cool. A lot of it was just like, yeah, I also remember The Matrix and from just, like 22 years ago. Just, or th- Again, if you're going to use like a VHS like static thing yeah. and you're going to have a creepy figure with long hair moving awkwardly at you. Yeah. It's been done in The Ring, the biggest yeah, horror yeah, yeah. movie of the entire 2000s. This feels like it samples from a lot and really throws it all out there. But at the same time, I like a lot of the ways it gets thrown out there. 
a lot of the scares I thought were kind of effective. I am a sucker for stuff like open windows and open doors and mm-hmm. lurkers in the shadows, but I thought they did a lot of it really well. I thought it was he the, does, James uh, Wan does that really well. The the lady peering down the dark hallway in the that Seattle shot. underground, like yeah. just the way he can make the darkness mm-hmm. pull you in. Lo- yeah. I really loved a scene where Madison's looking out her upstairs window and there's some play with a street lamp in the rain where you think you see a figure moving, but you're not totally sure. Right, and right. That play with it, it shadows. Gets you, it gets you to really start examining the uh-huh. screen. Yeah, and I he's totally really good at that. that. Yeah, and yeah. this movie has some of his best versions of that. Even though I wasn't understanding them, I was into them as they were happening. Even as the tones kept kind of changing, I was still into it. You know, even as we're bringing in a, a hypnotist to help her sure. unlock a past, I'm, uh, I'm getting into it. I'm getting I, into all the crazier, uh, dumber turns, you know, and the looks on her bur- her her mom's face when she says, who's Gabriel? And the woman goes, oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. not that. So I like that kind of stuff. And I kind of appreciated the shittiness <laughs> of, uh, of a lot of this. I liked her sister's stupid ass giallo relationship with the detective mm-hmm. where they're just flirting in awful ways just sicko shit <laughs> just two normal weirdos just awful there's weird characters like the big glasses wearing foxy uh yeah sight a forensic specialist the, who, you know who with also her, clearly has a crush on the she's detective. clearly like a russian model but she's like dumbed up with <laughs> with big glasses and a, again she never pays off in never. any real way she just and that's exists. totally yeah in yeah. giallo's all those women just get their throats stabbed through this people uh, but this movie again we mentioned a long time ago r-rated there's so much of this wand verse stuff that's pg-13 yeah yeah and so he takes some pretty gory steps even until our crazy ending but yeah, the a lot of actually stabbings are pretty brutal and uh, pretty violent, like more like 80s Italian movies. Well, yeah, very in the face. Yeah, kind of a lot of stabbings just straight to the mouth. Uh, a lot of uh, compound fractures or, or whatever with the bones sticking out of the arms. Tons of bones in arms. Um, I think that was another mistake, sh- get, having a big old bone break 30 seconds into the movie. Yeah. It's another thing. You should have seen that. You like, should have just seen that strength at the end. Yeah, we're right? seeing a bone break power. First thing we see in this movie, mm-hmm. so ah, I hate that. But <laughs> but you know, I, st- when you I kept with kinda... this movie the whole time, yeah. and the, especially my first viewing. I don't really hold it against a movie if it's not a second viewing movie. I love that first experience. Yeah, so even yeah. though I think this is more of a first experience movie, you know, that first experience is great. When you get the reveal of what is going on well when you when you, i like the kind of slow second act that was builds say, to the reveal there's a lot of great moments in the second act where the sisters like in the abandoned asylum okay. going through stuff so you Hold get all on. that great atmosphere right let me talk about this asylum man sure so okay as it we get good. into this movie and we get so much of this bad cop dialogue and more people are showing up dead and they're all putting together how these people are connected to madison mm-hmm. yeah we get that great seattle underground clip Wish they would have done more with the Seattle Underground. We got a very kind of lame chase scene that hardly shows anything. That was a huge like Resident Evil kind of moment. Yeah, that that was chase and gunfight in the in the underground. Big time. Yeah, they could have done a lot more because the Seattle Underground's a weird thing. Hmm. You know those tunnels and streets like that's weird that's a weird (laughs) cool feature of a city. If you're gonna set it in a city and even talk about the Seattle Underground, you're 
it's crazy they didn't show it more. Right. Very, very big missed opportunity. But I guess maybe that's for the sequel. Sure. Gabriel 2. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Malignant 2. Yeah. Gabriel's Legend Revenge. Of Gabriel's yeah, Gold. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I don't know because all these kills that start happening, including uh, the big woman kidnapped and held in some attic somewhere, some Batman-type lair with his welding shop presumably nearby. Mm-hmm. And uh, I keep waiting after the trophy kill for them to be become more personalized killings. Mm. But that's when I'm like, boy, he, why did he just take this trophy? Why is that thing? Why is that the thing? I well, kept waiting for them to you know, be more, and this is what you did to me, but it never really takes that personality. Yeah, the the first doctor he kills, our main doctor, where yeah. he fashions the, the blade afterwards. When, he the gives, woman with the catchphrase. He gives her the catchphrase back. To, yeah. Something like, time to cut out the cancer. Yeah. He's uh, cancer. And she's like, it can't be. Yeah. It's impossible. And you're like, what is this? What is this dude? Is, <laughs> is, is this he a guy? tumor? What is going on? Yeah. And uh, I, thought it was, I thought it was like a tumor came to life. Right. That's well, what sure. I assumed. That, Malignant, time to cut out the cancer. Yeah, how could you... No, it's not possible. You couldn't have survived this, uh, yeah. But then every other killing is, like, in their sleep. Right. <laughs> They're, like, not even aware. There's no moment of, like, oh, no, that's that thing no, from my it's past. Not you. It's just, it like... It can't be. Yeah, it's just a guy getting... in his bed getting his yeah. face stabbed. <laughs> All right. He just got jumped he's, on and face stabbed. He's dead now. <laughs> yeah. The other guy's, like, in the bathtub, like... All right. Just knife to death in the tub. Crossing off that list, man. Just going <laughs> yeah. just like all in a day's work. We don't get any connection to these people after that first connection. So that they show their hand. That last doctor was not in the beginning, too. It was like they just started coming up with old dudes. Like we should come up with another doctor. Like we need one more tall old that guy. Poor third doctor, dude. He's like, I wasn't even there. That third doctor, man. His only scenes are him doing this weird, needlessly sexy buff. Buffalo Bill undress in his home <laughs> mirror. He's getting into his tub, but he's like disrobes in front of his mirror while like making direct eye contact <laughs> with himself. <laughs> and the only other thing we see of him is his gutted corpse in the tub. <laughs> what a one-two like, punch. Wow. The, I think, oh, the only other time is just him getting a still photo pointed at. You yeah, know, exactly. Like, he must have been in this a, guy. Yeah, one also got gutted. Also, yeah, got face stabbed too. Also, the janitor's gonna get it too. So, yeah. the role that her sister takes on, where she's like, takes on the private detective role, which I I do love that character in these. Oh yeah, in even Jalo movies, always have somebody thrown into the middle of a detective mystery. Definitely, some of my favorite movies have that, like Young Jeffrey Beaumont and Blue Velvet. Oh, yeah. Someone getting thrown into a mystery is fun. The way that Malignant handles it, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> this girl goes on a day trip to this old abandoned mental hospital, right? From 1993, do. which we, we saw in the beginning. Right. The year was 93. Nevermind sailed to the top of the charts <laughs> upon the death of one Kurt Cobain. Meanwhile, at this mental hospital nearby... <laughs> Um, so she comes around the corner driving out this gorgeous coastal highway out there, and suddenly she's in Westeros. 
Oh, yeah, I know. What is that mental hospital? That is the biggest Dracula's castle of a mental hospital that is such I've a, ever like, seen. It's like out of an animated movie all of a sudden. Suddenly, it is so ridiculous. Yeah. It is like a Nazi castle in the Swiss Alps. It's like when you see those... just coming across. When you see those old photos of the Cliff House in San Francisco <laughs> from like 1900, you're like, no way, no way yeah, was no. that real. That doesn't look real this at all. This is the and not only is this this crazy castle building, it looks gigantic. Yeah. It looks like a 30-story hospital built like a castle. This yeah, classic man. 1993 Pacific Northwest architecture. Yeah. But Yeah. She's just driving out to this old Nazi encampment and just going to Dracula's castle and okay. <laughs> I had one of the most unprompted uh verbal warnings in a movie i usually don't don't do that kind of thing in a horror movie but this girl parks so close to a cliffside <laughs> pulling up to this mental hospital did you see that i, I guess i didn't catch that no okay I'll when she look. pulls up to this hospital her car is six inches from the a sheer cliff it doesn't have to be that way. and so in the theater i go Whoa, 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 whoa! Because <laughs> her car is just rolling to the edge of this cliff. Like, love it. I'm not pulling up next to the lava. If there's like, right. like it looks like she's just rolling and rolling. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa! Like, <laughs> it is insane. So I saw some. <laughs> I swear, on, I got some Facebook push notification. Like the malignant feet in yo. Know, the first comment of the trailers was, why this bitch get so close to the cliff? <laughs> Holy shit. And I was like, this guy, yes. My buddy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So that, so already I was like, what is this? This girl is in a way over her head. One. You she know already, doing. just the dumbest needless tension love that. from a movie. But I love that this girl goes, have you ever seen a bigger red herring in a movie than this abandoned mental hospital? Aware it's literally a place she just happens. went into and re- and got VHS tapes out of. Yep. And she just immediately went to the file room, got the files, found some VHS well, she tapes. She did see the graffiti that says, Welcome to hell. Yeah. Oh, shit. Suddenly we're getting into some Candyman shit. What's going to happen? She what also hears what some... other mental patients are still at the hospital, you're wondering? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Gabriel was there, who else is there? What else are we going to yeah, find? I. Uh, nothing. So not, you not assume even a that this was where Gabriel was like keeping the, you know, his victims maybe right oh yeah yeah i mean welcome to hell graffiti on on there that means this place is That's a strong state yeah <laughs> are you and also when she's driving up to this place it looks like it's 2 2 p.m okay. when she pulls up yes. to this cliffside it is like two in the morning i did notice that it is pitch black i'm not a fan when movies do that where it's like clearly that yeah like three in the afternoon and then they get to the destination <laughs> that was already she seen was in four frame. minutes away from this castle yeah and it's like 10 o'clock at night it is pitch black darkness and she has her like cell phone light that she goes to the 37th floor of this hospital to get <laughs> go to the file room oh no remember it was in the basement she makes a little of like of course yeah that was cute, though. And then that's, <laughs> that's where I go, masterpiece. Beautiful. <laughs> this thing knows what it's doing. Of course. But it's like every cliche. What what other cliches can I come up with? Put it, you know, abandoned insane asylum. Yeah. Old 1993 abandoned. And she even gets the only introduction. She's like, 
yeah, nobody's been up to that place in years. Like one of those little things. Then it comes into view and it's from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, nobody. That's not a tourist nobody, destination. Nobody, yeah, really? That's not one, it's of, one of the, the most, most like infamous ghost uh, hunting locations in the country. Can you imagine how gorgeous that country? view would be if you came around that and just this magnificent old, in, just incredible. It looked like this old Hollywood hotel built right. in the side of this mountainside. Oh, my God. That would be famous. People go to the Goonies house. You sure. know, that's just a house. This movie but did make a Goonies reference. I yeah. <laughs> it did. You got Thank it. God. It's if you make a rainy movie. I was like, we're not gonna Seattle, set a movie yeah, in Seattle and not make a Goonies reference, you have right? To. Guys? You're required to. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of stuff that uh, we when things start unfolding. Yeah. We get a dumb chase. That's all we get through the we talked about our our underworld chase in the tunnels total waste the tunnels even though it ended in a weird horse and buggy storage room <laughs> yeah from the from the teens just get horse and buggies shoved at you him shining a flashlight that's what felt like resident evil explore yeah, yeah. the old horse drawn carriage supply room absolutely really yeah god damn it raccoon and this city is gonna jump Why out at me and this? jump away yeah yeah so there's a lot of that and man i kind of as we build, I do love the VHS footage of horrifying events. Mm. As we find out more about Gabriel, and we see the old home movies of their parents taking home movies of uh, their adopted girl talking to the devil. Yeah, yeah. Creepy what, stuff. What are you doing when the girl you adopted, four months into the adoption, if that, you catch her repeatedly talking to who she refers to as the devil. Right. And saying things like, no, I won't do that. I won't do that terrible thing you want me to do to mommy. I understand what you're saying, Gabriel, but I don't see why the baby (laughs) needs to die that badly. Exactly. And they're just like zooming in on her uh, from around a corner. Like, what's going on? What's going on? Let me tell you the first day tacos walks into me and he's like, I don't need to kill you. I'm like, nope, nope. <laughs> You're out. This guy can talk now. We're done. You're out. Shut it down. <laughs> You're out of here. You're out. I'm taking that little toy phone away from the kid. That's what I'm got. Oh man! Doing. Every time she's she's on that phone talking to that demon, I'm like, this is one get of those, the phone out. We've of here. gotten some good movies. I I always love the scenes of parents like talking about their having the is my child a demon? Yeah, yeah. Discussion. Just like, look, did we just get a bad one? <laughs> like, this is feeling like we got a bad one. When, But her mom has this weird, the whole movie, she has this weird way of just saying like, you know, darling, some of the things that you said to Gabriel were bone chilling. <laughs> yeah. And so she has this mom way of talking. And then there's this weird moment down the, the stretch where they're finding out that the hospital lied about her past. And she calls them cock knockers. Cock knockers. <laughs> yes. I was like, nope. I was like, what era is that from? <laughs> cock knockers. When was the last oh, time you heard God. an in the wild cock knockers, man? <laughs> I can't even begin to guess. Are we bringing cock knocker back? This is movie it? brought it back in the weirdest time. <laughs> the weirdest time to bring cock knocker back. That was like that made me think of Cruel Jaws, where they're just talking about ripping people's balls off or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Like just like 
Really? A lot of ball grabbing people, and cruel jaws. People are Jaws saying, five went a big ball people grabbing. Calling route. people cock knockers. But man, oh, man. And, I did, and yeah. Just a mom saying it like that was her her pet term because nobody reacted to it. Nobody. Yeah. If my mom says the word cock knocker, I I'm would giving, do a I'm giving big her a spit look. take for that. That would be. How could you not? We're gonna have a discussion. That would be. That feels like one of those terms that. that Did you watch Superbad? Yeah. <laughs> feels like one of those terms that got used in such a small window that it would just turn up in like a Diablo Cody script. Right. You know, it feels like that level of thing, and so that's a weird thing. And James Wan does that kind of dumb shit. He does that kind of dumb reference, and that's kind of you know that going in. Yeah. And there are good twists though. When people think there's going to be a twist, it's hard to do a good twist. Right. The twist of the woman falling through the ceiling of Madison's house was great. That was good. Did not see that coming. Because they had done so many red herrings that Gabriel was living off-site and conducting his business, you assumed, in the Seattle undergrounds. Sure. The tunnels. When you reveal that it was coming from inside the house, a good coming from inside the house reveal. Mm Mm-hmm. Even though it then went directly into that fake Pixies song. <laughs> Again, <laughs> every time anybody screamed, it would go into the like, where is my mind howling riff? Mm. Like every time. <laughs> um, so when that was, I, I love is- when like they finally have to be like, look, I don't know how it's possible you're doing these crimes, but we have to arrest you at this point. You know, it's the Virginia Madsen and Candyman thing. Right, like, exactly. No matter how implausible some of his scenes, the lady you're was in there your and you you know all of the details of these things. And the lady was in your it's attic. It's in your attic, sorry. We found your black gloves and your welder's bench. Right. We and found the your welding goggles. The, yeah, they find the, the, the uh, spade uh, the, the, side the weapon. Classic in the classic trophy kill locker. weapon. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then, yeah, they're, at least they're smart enough to be like, hey, this is a thing from that first murder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Our girl with the big glasses uh, yeah. gets that You guys, one. this is the you thing guys, from earlier. Thing. <laughs> so once we start getting the reveals of what of Madison's past, because she has no memory of her first eight years. She doesn't know what happened. She doesn't know who Gabriel is. She doesn't know why Gabriel's contacting her. Right. All the reveals to that are very cool. And it all culminates in our them watching these VHS and you know they said the mother died at childbirth. Those cock knockers. They lied to me. Those cock knockers. <laughs> Mom, knockers. <laughs> Who says knockers for anything? Come oh, on. Man. Anyway, obviously you would say cock gobbler if yeah. anything, right? Yeah. Anything. Come on. Mom, I loved the reveal of Gabriel though on the tape. That man, what I, goes I, I hope that was case. practical because looks, that looked cool. He, I love it. You see that you, you finally get the reveal. He's not a Tuma. He's a oh man, he but has he is his kind of arms. Right? He's he's, he's they, built they into her both. own spine. He's a pararasitic. Oh yeah, parasitic twin. They call it. Uh, Go, going but full maybe body also horror. A tumor. Going full body horror is the best way to get out of this whole mess. Yeah, yeah. That's the best way. So Gabriel is this half-formed basket case type person on the back of her head and, and yeah, back. It's like a tiny man, half-formed man living connected back to back with her. That again, head to head. somehow can control electricity. Yeah, he also talks through speakers. Talks through speakers because he can't <laughs> talk himself, even though he's like a mouth and uh, some forearms. And has a bunch of other weird super He can break bones. 
Yeah, he's he's like a little he's tiny crazy. man. He's got super strength. He's like what's that one? Uh, he's like Modok. <laughs> he's sure, like yeah. Krang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is he just Krang? Is he a Quado? I don't know what they're trying to do. <laughs> He's with way this more thing, grotesque man. than the uh, the Quados. It's it's yeah. It's kind of Quado esque. It's definitely basket case feeling. It's, but it's it, a it's, great little. It's a little man puppet with tiny little flipper arms that are just kind of kicking its little legs on the and screaming with this horrible face scream that looks yeah. like the Necronomicon. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it was pretty cool. I so like they that decide to cool. cut him out, and I love that you're watching these tapes of them being like, "Well, we decided to kill Gabriel and cut him off." And then shove most Dude, of them in okay, her brain. Okay. This is great. They're I whole, just put them in the skull. There's brain one there. guy just standing there in 1993 with the handy cam as they're conducting this horrific surgery. It looks like an alien autopsy video. And they're, yeah, they're cutting this alien body. And it's just like literally just like, all right, we sawed through this one arm. So they're just like <laughs> like handing off little arms and stuff and just like cutting his face open. Like there seems no artistry to it at all. They're just like, all right, let's just start hacking out the sticking out bits. Yeah, like you're taking a chicken apart. Open open his rib cage. Really just disgusting stuff. A lot of which they weirdly showed during the opening credits. They showed a mm. lot of the rib cage opening stuff because that sticks out a lot. Yeah, yeah. When you're just seeing it in flashes of pictures. But then they're like, well, we can't get all of it. So Yeah, the parts that they couldn't disconnect from the brain. There's a scene where it just shows a woman shoving it back into the brain. Just like both hands, like you're like you're pumping up a bike tire. <laughs> just just like shoving it back into a skull. This little grotesque face skull back into the skull. It's like, brain. all right, well, we can't get rid of this, so shove it back in the skull. Get in there, buddy. And then just putting a little skull plate back over it, a little skull <laughs> section puzzle piece over the over the man face. So, as the mom and her and her she's found out adopted sister, mm-hmm. who uh, we get that we also get that crazy almost near baby killing scene where Gabriel's altering her. He can also oh, alter yeah, people's yeah, yeah. realities. That's another Gabriel power. Yeah, he's, he's just he's in the Matrix. Been able to make Madison think she's just hanging out in a room, but really. The, the reveal is it's been Madison's body this whole time. Yeah, Madison's the killer. Gabriel's still in but there. Gabriel can control all of it. And uh, yeah, he's controlling and her mind. And not only and can her Gabriel body. control all of it, but somewhere over the since over the years since 1993. Yeah, yeah, till present day. Gabriel <laughs> learned very impressive kung fu. <laughs> yeah. So what I wanted to and see parkour. when we get this reveal that Gabriel is Good reveal of Gabriel's been feeding off of her fetuses. Oh, yeah. That's why her Oof. miscarriages are happening, because Gabriel's using the... St- he's activating her st- her baby, her, like, womb. He's feeding off that. And feeding off the stem cells. Gabriel is a mover and shaker. He's a bad dude. Yeah. Gabriel is learning some shit. He learned how not only to be in the Matrix, but to move, like, in bullet time. Yep. While wearing a vinyl black coat, there's a dove scene where he goes back to retrieve his glove and coat. Well, you like gotta, he needs yeah. his special superhero gear. You need the coat with the flap up so you can hide Madison's face mm-hmm. while you, Gabriel, peering out the back of Madison's head as an actual face now at the end, do your jujitsu. So when we do the full reveal and the mom and, and daughter watching all these old VHS tapes with the alien autopsy and the jamming Gabriel back in and right. all the all the Gabriel shit. That's when Madison we get the bananas prison scene 
which I thought was the beginning of the movie. <laughs> Due to me this walking into it. This is where came it. in. Originally. This is where I walked into the movie. <laughs> that prison scene, man. I don't know what the women doing crime scene is in Seattle, but we had a real casting call of women in prison types. Well, you had 70s disco chick. Yeah, you loved had, her. You had you trucker had, uh, mama. You had dyke Zoe Bell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you had it all. It yeah. Was a smorgasbord. You had two cholas. <laughs> Oh yeah, with like full like drawn eyebrows and black like we had every fake criminal woman type, in, just all in a Seattle jail cell, and uh, they're all hassling Madison. Oh yeah, and Zoe Bell was the main hassler, mulleted trucker Zoe Bell, and which is weird to get Zoe Bell for that, but she doesn't really do any stunts. Usually you get Zoe Bell, and so she, she shows up, and I was like, oh. Kicks the shit out of her for a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah. and you think uh, you're going to get something crazy, but the, all the practical effects are the woman playing Gabriel. Tossed around a bit, yeah. So Gabriel gets pulled out of the back of Madison's skull, full-on skull separating apart with a man face coming out. Yeah. Then we get this little, like, basket case puppet face making a bunch of... <sighs> Like a baby kind of, raptor in Jurassic Park. Yeah, it's like the like, it's a it's like the it's alive baby, but just on the back of another person's head. Yeah, and then it's running free with all the backwards movements, but some of that looked very 1998 CGI. Yeah, very rough CGI on that. As as fun as kind of the Blitzkrieg action ending is. Yeah, that's got to be the most. Once Gabriel offs literally 40 the most people, ridiculous thing. I've I wanted seen in the when theater. Gabriel gets control of the body to just be shitty at it. <laughs> to just be like <laughs> well like just scarecrowing around like it's hard to learn to walk, man. It's even harder to parkour off an office desk and kill two people. Right. Again, it's like you didn't need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he could have just been like this weird shambling where is thing. Gar- where that is kills Gabriel learning this sleep. body control, man? Yeah. This guy is a gymnast. This guy takes out more people, more cops in a cop station than the Terminator. It goes to this John Woo yeah. <laughs> like police station scene where cops are just getting offed. By the fist loads. Uh, yeah, 15 was, women prisoners. Zoe Bell was really great tossing at least two women in front of her. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's grabbing women by their jackets and just throwing them towards the, the calamity. <laughs> That's so, what it is. It's just utter chaos. It's just total chaos for the final 20 minutes of this. The whole cop scene, It's I can't make sense of it. The kung fu deep again, CGI looks so bad. It's so crazy. It's so unexpected that I can't help but be way into it. At one point, they th- Gabriel throws a chair across the room to take out the makeup. I'll always love somebody just getting hit with a chair from thirty feet away. Yeah, and and getting shot at like a hundred times. Yeah, and nothing happens. No man. And then well, they call for backup. Man. I'm like, do not call for backup. Get the national guard. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like no, he's gonna kill the rest of them. Are you seeing what this guy's doing? It becomes as Gabriel still take now he goes to take out the sister, the sister that he was jealous of. Because once yes. the new baby came along, Gabriel, like an imaginary friend that even the kind that aren't attached to your brains, <laughs> they get forgotten. You have a real person now. And this adopted girl, Madison, Emily, whatever. Yeah. That Emily slash yeah, Madison. Her new sister eliminated Gabriel. And the woman in the attic ends up being her birth mother. Their birth mom, who gave sure. Up. Which yeah, we yeah. saw in some VHS footage. 
and uh, and those cockknockers told her that she was dead. Hey, and <laughs> as the sister is pleading with Madison to control Gabriel, we get some primo awful scene. One of the worst. <laughs> I loved how bad they went with this finale. I wish they. I, the only thing I would change was that it would be set in heaven clouds. <laughs> but when Madison locks Gabriel away in her mind prison. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Gabriel's going, What's happening <laughs> to me? <laughs> I'm just like, Yeah. Definitely. We're doing this. You can't control me anymore, Gabriel. Gabriel. I am locking you away in this prison cell forever. And I know you'll be back. Right. But, like, we're getting this whole state. Oh, my God. I loved it. I loved how awful it was. Yeah, it's all all well and good that she's able to lock bad Gabriel away in her mind. And he kind of goes back into the skull. We get that, like, retreating back into the head. Oh, yeah, the skull reseals. Yeah, yeah. It's all all well and good, but how are you going to explain what you just did (laughs) (laughs) to the police? You just killed a number of people (laughs) at a police station and then a hospital. 45 people. people. It's like. I think still technically you're gonna get that that charge, but yeah, we man. don't worry about such things in the in *Malignant*. And I love how they tease the sequel. They tease the little light flickery, like we really are getting *Malignant* oh, yeah. two, *Legend of Gabriel's Gold*. Man, yeah. we're getting it. Great. No, I'm. I mean, I don't think we are. I think this movie's kind of been a bust. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think it underperformed. Some people well, are saying it's cuz it's also on the HBO Max, but yeah, yeah. numbers say that if it bombs in the theater, it bombs on streaming too. Oh yeah. There's yeah. a pretty high correlation. People either so, want to see it or they don't. Yeah. I don't know. It's sometimes R-rated horror movies don't make money. Well, we were in a kind of a boon of R-rated horror and again, making it, big money. I think the problem with this movie what it comes down to is who is this for? Is a lot this, of mixed audience this, reactions coming out of is this. Is this for teenagers? who are not going to be into miscarriage subplots, are not <laughs> yeah. going to know what VHS tapes are, and are not really going to be... like When you're pulling it, from for, 40 different decades of yeah. references to cobble together is your it movie... for us, who aren't really going to be into like the John Woo you know, action ending? Yeah, yeah. The bad... Although at that point, when they're going full John Woo, then it's like, all right, sure, we're going... They get a body contortionist to do some backwards movements. Yeah. You know, okay. That's, I guess that's it's cool. Just, it, it just feels like such a movie that, even though it's crazy, with yeah. the twists of the plot and the reveal of this parasitic twin, I feel like the visuals are all things we've seen before, I guess. Well, I, I kind of tossed off the word cobbled, but there is a yeah. sense of that. There, yeah. like It does feel like this is a bunch of different movies that I've seen turned together in an unexpected way. Mm-hmm. And that's it's that's kind of its praise that it takes a lot of familiar scenes and a lot of familiar bad dialogue and right turns it into something pretty unfamiliar and unexpected. And that's pretty cool. So I really liked it for that mm-hmm. because I liked the how stupid and over the top they went with that ending. After having that slow-paced second act to really come out in the third act and be like, everything you knew is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like, even if you're paying attention, you can see where this is heading. We're already, you and I were already thinking it was just a tumor. I thought, On yeah. its own, a I sentient thought, tumor. Because you you've heard about those tumors that can grow teeth and hair and stuff. And it's like, yeah, like, okay, okay, maybe it's this thing that, yeah, became sure. sentient with and some that's, weird that's a very fun, powers. straight-to-video 90s horror vibe of a, a little puppet 
mm-hmm. tumor thing running around, you know, easily could have seen that. And you even see a visual of him from her perspective once, and he kind of looks like that ugly orc from the last Lord of the Rings. It's just like a big <laughs> right, tumor right. head. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you're like, With like oh, one eye and grizzly teeth staring yeah. out at you kind of thing, yeah. covered with hair. It's like, yeah, oh yeah. no, that's just her. That's just him implanting a vision of himself in her mind while he controls her. I'm like, lot, it's a it's great, a it's a complicated. Lot. Yeah, we get the great, the like badly done profiler stuff. So I like that it's coming from that angle. We get a lot of stuff thrown into the runtime, and I think it's one of the movies that actually benefits from the chaos. Yeah, yeah. I think the chaos it plays enough it to its much. strength. Yeah. Once you start thinking about it, and that's why when I'm saying maybe it's not a second time through movie. Yeah, yeah. Because the first time through, I had a ball. The reveal is a big part of the reveal's the a big part. Yeah, yeah. Reveal is is and it's tough when a movie does hinge on a reveal. Uh some can overcome that. This one maybe can't. That's not necessarily a detriment though. Because it's a movie has one great watch in it. So you saw it at home. Were you mm-hmm. into this? I saw it in a theater filled with silent people. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I saw it at home. I uh, I have a baby, and so I'm at home a lot more. And uh, actually, I was holding the baby throughout, oh. throughout most of the movie. You and your him baby and watched uh, so this, Malignant. This might be the official first movie I watched with my son, was Malignant. You guys are going to be watching it every year you now. You know, every year at this time, I think we're going to have to go back It's the and first movie. It. Wow. So, yeah. it. Uh, but I'd never paused it. You know, I never like uh, moved on to it, other yeah. things. I was into it. I, I was glued to the screen. I was for into a lot this, of the man. intense, uh, like waiting for the thing to happen. You know, because obviously you knew it's, this thing was going to happen. So how many of these James Wan kind of movies and movies within his universe are built around waiting for the thing to happen? Yeah, and the thing always sucks. Like the Nun, it's going to suck. You realize afterwards, oh, the nun had actually a couple of fun build-up scares. The nun just in fast motion screaming down a hallway. That sucks. Right, right. Or just <laughs> you like know, the like, conjuring is like all this building up and little things becoming bigger and bigger until you have some batshit crazy you yeah. know, crosses flying across the room kind of ending. Yeah. So this, one this definitely year's had conjuring that. had the crazy thing start the movie. In the beginning, yeah. So if you're doing a James Wan universe movie that hinges on building to the thing finally happening this movie's thing that happens is great right <laughs> this is a if you're like well i wanted a thing to happen and that certainly happened like a lot a lot cooler than just uh, a doll just a bad stuff. monster reveal <laughs> you know like this was yeah just turns out the doll can move it's the doll the doll's pretty evil yeah it was switched to evil and <laughs> this is better than that this has felt like a unique twist on something that I thought I saw coming, and so I gotta. I would. I would definitely recommend this movie to people. I think yeah. people should definitely see this movie, even if it might not hold up and might not be one to think about or compare to, you know, Hereditary or <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Right. I still had a ball. But a lot of people like James Wan. I can see this being a and huge. If you're in that camp, you won't be disappointed by this. I'll say that. I, I can feel this becoming like a drag me to hell kind of mm. cult movie. If they, you know what? If they don't make any more sequels or anything, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If this turns into a thing where it's like the second one is like an actual like, oh, it's just a prequel called The Rise of Gabriel right, or something. Right. 
then it's just going to be like, ugh. I but mean, yeah, if this is a one and done story, I'm still going to see, see that shitty sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see that garbage, you know. But Malignant 2, yeah, yeah Brahms. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's. I think it could be a drag me to hell if they play it, if they play the marketing right. And I think that movie's benefited a lot from years of, uh, oh, actually, we didn't actually, we didn't love that late Raimi one enough. That's you know? a good comparison because Raimi had just done, like, the Spider-Man series. And yeah. so he was like, it was like, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I got get this the great sense. horror idea. I get the sense James Wan was like, I've made a lot of successful movies. Give me $40 million to make this uh-huh. crazy parasitic twin And for a clout horror. picture, how can you hate on this kind yeah. of thing, right? New Line's like, yeah, you're right. This guy You've took $40 million after making Aquaman and a Furious, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to do this dumb, stupid, splattery thing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's what making movies is, so I can't hate on that. Yeah, I like that. So I think I'll always uh, be recommending this one, and uh, it came to this. It did. James Wan. Who knew? Who knew? Whew. I need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs>